AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. It's me, Brian, and this is Architect, a conversation with architects and the AV industry. We talk about best practices, new technologies and trends, and common hurdles we face when working together on our projects. Joining us this week is Diego O'Farrell, designer with Adaptive Architects in Phoenix, Arizona. How you doing, Diego? Good, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Also joining us this week is Ken Summers. He's technical services manager for for the U.S. for Absent Inc. How you doing, Ken? Yep. Nice. How you doing today? Doing well. So we've all uh, met at a previous event and we got to talking. And so we wanted to get together and continue the conversation. But I think the big AV project that everybody's paying attention to right now is the sphere in Las Vegas. Uh, it's, it's been just everywhere on LinkedIn, on YouTube. When I'm out talking to architects, uh, it's, it always comes up. Usually, sometimes I'm bringing it up, sometimes they're bringing it up, but it is kind of like the first, I don't know if it's the first, it's, it's the most current project where people are like, ooh, who does that type of work? Right. And, that, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is getting out there and explaining who AV is, who the technology industry is to architects, because statistically, historically, we get involved in projects very late in the design. You know, sometimes as late as it's already been bid, I've been involved in projects and I know Ken has, too, that they're already putting up walls. When we get the phone call, it's like, okay, so here's our vision for this space. And so part of the purpose of this podcast is to get out there and talk about including that or starting that conversation, including technology people earlier. And I think Sphere is a perfect example of, now I don't know because there's everybody involved in that project has an NDA right now, but I got to think that when you're working on a project like that technology well, was first almost. I mean, it's a concert venue, right? But soon after that, it's we're going to put LED on the outside and inside of this building. Yeah, it seemed like the the project's concept from the beginning was technology based. So that must have been something that AV was involved in right at the beginning. At least that's what I'd like to think. Uh, <laughs> you would you would hope you yeah. would hope, uh, but that's that's the problem with uh, like you're saying, Brian, is a lot of uh, a lot of companies bring in AV late in in the game, and in the design side, we end up having to make a lot of concessions and uh, cuts when it comes to the overall vision because no one reached out ahead of time to be able to get all these details coordinated. I feel like that is a, a huge uh, shortfall uh, in in the development of project. So that's, that's a big point. I think it, if, if you're going to be involved with AV and you know, there's going to be some video wall, it's important to get the professionals involved right away. Well, and I think part of that is that technology is becoming more either the purpose of a space or a bigger impact on the space. You know, historically it was a conference room and you wanted to have that great view and that feeling of power. 
And now, while you still want all those things, you have to support showing presentations, mm -hmm. um, remote participants, and that influences everything from lighting, ceiling height. You know, there, there's so many things that get tied into that to where, to your point, I think it's becoming more and more critical as technology gets pushed into more and more spaces that there is a technology voice in that early part of the project. Yeah, absolutely. And on the design side, I'm seeing a lot of clients come in uh, wanting to do a lot of uh, video production at the same time with the video wall involved. So it adds a whole nother layer of complexity to the project overall. So it's, um, it's fun, it's exciting, it's new. It's, uh, it's really where the future is moving to and you can see that in the sphere. The sphere, what? it's, it's, it's a, such a beautiful project that does um, a very unique thing with an, an, a technology that's existed, but no one's really gone to that extent to implement. And implementing, L, you know, direct view LED walls can, super easy, no major hangups or pitfalls. I mean, it's just. No, there's no major hangups at all. There's, there's so video production aspect of it is awesome to, to take into effect. Um, you have, you have to be able to, to associate the, the, the refresh rates between the cameras and the, and the video walls together. So, um, all this sort of information is, is very important from the beginning of it. So that we get the right product involved. If we have a, a product that doesn't have a high enough refresh rate and you're trying to, to record on cameras, you're going to get scan lines galore going through the whole thing. Um, processing wise will, will be affected by, by whether you need video cameras or not. Most products are able to achieve that, that 1920 or 3840 for, for actual cameras to be taking place on, but, and, and have a smooth image on a camera. But once you get those video, those video cameras going on it, um, that changes everything about it. Our virtual studio products that we have out there, um, all of them are at 3840. Some of them go all the way up to 7680 for its refresh rate in order to make it a smooth backdrop for everything involved. Uh, distance from, from the focal point to the wall is another key for stuff like that. If nobody tells us that, oh, we're going to be recording cameras on this, and we're, we're specking out a 2.5 millimeter pixel pitch wall the entire time, and then come to find out the stage is only 15 feet deep, now we're going to have image moray to take into effect. So all this sort of information is important to get the right pixel pitch for the right situation that's going on to going into a wall for anything like that. And that's not even, you know, that, and those are all very important, but then you have to add in, you know, you need power, you need, you know, it impacts the mm -hmm. HVAC, how, how you're going to cool the space. Yeah, uh, exactly. you know, then you get into lighting and those are the conversations that, um, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm, coaching my coworkers or, or, or um, people in, in the field. It's like, if you're talking to an architect, you know, here's the team that you need to get involved, right? And, and I always tell them, once they say architect, it's, oh, I need to call the design team, right? And when I'm talking with architects, the minute their clients say, we're thinking about a video wall, we're thinking about video production, we're thinking about digital signage, you should be immediately going, who is our technology expert? You know, that may be somebody in-house at some of the larger firms. It may be a partner, uh, you know, integrator or manufacturer. But the minute there's that conversation starts touching on technology, 
it, it's kind of like, oh, we, we need to bring somebody in or we need to add that person to this conversation. Yeah, and I don't see it any different than, let's say, the design teams talking about implementing this unique uh, facade system. You talk to the facade system team at the beginning to figure out the details, what's required, how you assemble the wall. Uh, so that the drawings have the correct information and the specifications have the correct information. Uh, so again, it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't do uh, or reach out to people in the AV industry. I think it's a new habit, maybe. Yeah. That. Especially, yeah. The, especially with the uh, with infrastructure needs, we just had an issue with a consultant where the GC had already been pushing along with a specific design but then they wanted to switch to our product and the, the GC cut it down because all the uh, conduit infrastructure was already pre-built. Um, everything was lined out for, for a specific product, but our product came in that, that they wanted to put into there now and they needed almost three times as many conduit runs from, from the rack to the wall. And because all the, the wall was already built and all the conduit already ran, the GC's like, yeah, we're not doing that. It's way too late in the game to do that. You know, that's a shame when that happens, too, because then you lose out on the product uh, being installed and mm -hmm. the client ends up with a subpar system that doesn't really meet their needs in the end. Or it might, but it's just mm -hmm. not the same quality. And, and mm -hmm. it's going to be something that everybody involved in that project remembers, right? When they see that space, like, oh, this looks good, but, you know, imagine if we could have done what we wanted to do. And to the GC's point, there is a there is a point to where it's like okay we have to stop making changes right yeah <laughs> because mm -hmm. you're never going to finish the job otherwise especially technology changes new stuff comes out but again making those plans or keeping those plans fluid until that product is solidified on you know at the last minute um, because for that wall that you're talking about if they would have had okay, we know we need about this much power here and they had it, but they didn't maybe have the exact location of all the back boxes and, and conduit, mm -hmm. but it was all in the general area. Then you can make those adjustments um, at the last minute. And that, that gets into that pre-planning and budgeting. I mean, we, we've run into that oh, yeah. many times to where technology is like, well, we've got this placeholder that we put in the project for for it and then the client comes back with some requests that weren't anticipated and all of a sudden it's now it's well how do we do this where are we going to get the extra money do we you know put in the infrastructure now and pay for this later or you know and, and it, it causes a major slowdown of that project usually towards the end when they're trying to wrap things up because technology all of a sudden comes in they have to get motivated or uh, not motivated, but um, sent out and, you know, get up to speed very quickly, get the projects going and things get missed because of that speed, as opposed to on projects where you're involved from the very early stages. It, it's, it's all that stuff gets worked out. The budgets are better defined. You know, the schedules are better defined because that's the other struggle mm -hmm. I find with technology is, and I've always, wondered who makes the construction schedule but technology because you know we need it cleaned we need it conditioned we come in same time as furniture usually after furniture mm -hmm. but before people 
And in many projects, mm -hmm. those two happen simultaneously. Once tables and chairs and cubicles start dropping, mm -hmm. people start showing up and working in that space. Yeah. And well, as to the, the schedule, it's usually a compromise between the GC, the client and the architect uh, as designers, because we need to, as architects, we plan efficiently and try to make sure everything lines up um, according to delivery schedules and how it all just falls into place. Uh, but the GC wants to get it done as quickly as possible. Um, but they also want to do it well. And then the client wants it done as quickly as possible, but they usually don't care how it's done. So I, I try to push for the technology to go in uh, really after all the major construction's done, all the wall finishes are in just before the furniture, because you have a lot of moving parts with the technology that can oftentimes clash with uh, furniture or ceiling fixtures that may damage the product. And uh, that's something that I try to push for. It doesn't always happen, unfortunately, because of just the way the schedule falls into place. And um, yeah, I'm sure, Ken, you've seen that happen too many times, right? Yeah. We have, we have a number of projects going on that, that uh, the GC is pushing the integrator. Hey, you have to get these video walls in because it's, it's soon we're, we have to get the, we have to get the list out of here. The list can't be on the carpet, all this sort of stuff. So they're pushing the, the integrator to get the, get the walls in too early. But they're also <laughs> the one that, that I went to last week here in, here in Orlando. They are, they were hammer drilling and, and grinding concrete right in front of where the wall was being oh, built boy. and that dust is not good for all the internal components going into it and the integrator is, is taking videos of all this stuff just to just to document it so that when when the end user says there's issues with the wall they'll be like remember when we told you to wait because of this stuff happening exactly that is why all this damage is happening and now we, now you're gonna have to pay for the repairs and it's not going to be covered under the manufacturer warranty and that is a struggle right i mean we, mm -hmm. I've had that exact same thing happen with me where we're being told that we need to be on site. We need to be, you know, putting our gear in so that the timeline is maintained, but they're grinding concrete, they're sanding drywall. And it's like, no, you don't want us there because yes, we can go do cabling. We can, we can do that type of stuff, but any actual electronics has to stay out until it's cleaned you know, and, and it's not hot, it's not damp, it's not, you know, that's that clean conditioned, you know, environment. But I'm actually working on a project right now that we were offered by the ceiling people that they were going through and not dropping tile in all of the rooms and they were leaving them uh, open so that we could come in and then they followed us through and drop tile. Their grids were all in place and they gave us tile to put our speakers and cameras and all of that stuff in. But the, but the fact that they offered, hey, you know what? We're going to hold back and adjust our schedule so that we're following you in these. I mean, it wasn't the entire building because obviously right. we're not everywhere in the building. But in the, in the conference rooms, in the, in the huddle spaces, in the spaces that had a lot of technology going on, they held back. And when they offered that, I was just almost like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause I didn't even know that was an option, That's but thank thoughtful. you. Yes, Absolutely. We, yeah. Cause normally like when I was a tech years ago, we would be on a job site and you know, it was always, 
any tiles you damage, you guys have to replace. And, and so I took it upon myself. I'm like, great. We have to pop tile in this room. Let's walk the room and note any existing damage before my mm -hmm. team starts doing anything. And we would usually get, I don't know, through about 20 tiles and I would find something wrong with every tile. Oh, there's a chip in that corner. There's a fingerprint here, you know, and, and the GC and the ceiling people would be like, just be careful. And they would leave, leave <laughs> us alone. And, and my team was right. We wore gloves. We made sure that it was clean and we would take everything out at once, stack them over in the corner to protect them on all of our pathways. So we were, we were trying to be a good partner, but the whole concept of let's leave the tile out, you know, even if they put it around the perimeter, it was, um, it was, it was an amazing option that made our teams that much more efficient. And then we're not damaging tiles. We're not slowing everybody else down. That's amazing. So planning. I wish I had that when I was a tech. <laughs> right. Right. We all, can I ask? Um, and, and I think that's, that's part of the conversation is, is un, especially as technology is pushing into more and more areas, you know, we're doing conferencing in, every space hallways there's a project we're doing a, it's a stairwell between second and third floor and mm -hmm. they've decided to make it a gathering stair and so there's two led video walls one hanging on the balcony and one on the bottom floor and it's a meeting space that supports teams and zoom but it's a stairwell well, that's right interesting. and so it, it's it's really technology is invasive and it's becoming it's in the elevator lobbies. It's in the, you know, the stairwells. Yeah. It's, I keep it's saying it, it, the technology is turning into the architecture and the architecture is turning into technology. It's starting to morph mm -hmm. into this unique style, this new concept of, of design of the hybrid of the two. And I think that's fascinating because that leaves so many possibilities for design and you get so many unique shapes like the sphere it's this sphere yeah. this a screen on the outside and on the inside and it's this amazing concept that really wows because you're merging the two together and you kind of seen that already coming before the sphere with um video wall wraps on the outside of buildings in like tokyo or london new york and they've been playing with computer-generated advertisements that make it look like it's a room inside or uh, a famous one with uh, Darth Vader walking around uh, inside his Death Star room, but that's just wrapped around the building. And that's right. that, I think, might have been an inspiration for that sphere is, well, what if we make this a giant venue with just one screen and then you produce with that in mind? And I think that's exciting seeing where that could take us in the future. So the sphere is one shape. Maybe in the future we'll have a pyramid or a cube or something like that, you know, and we have the, the technology to do it, which I think is fascinating. Well, and, and to that, sometimes the technology like the sphere is the focal point, right? It's the purpose of it. But there's other times where the technology is there. It's just hidden in the background, yes. right? And and both designs, it, it depends on the need of the space and, you know, and the purpose uh, of the area and the ask of the client. But technology has that weird capability of doing both. You know, it can be you walk in and the technology is just like, bam, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Or you walk in and 
things are working and and happening in the background but it's it's not right in front of you it, it's blended into the background and i love that there for support i love that about technology because it's it's very mm -hmm. versatile you could do whatever you wanted to do and it's always uh it's just always there but you don't always notice it yeah there's there's a lot of ways that led walls can just be very immersive without actually knowing it um if you go back and look at our our Aston, uh, linkedin page from from uh, Valentine's Day of last year, not this year, last year, uh, they have there's there's a building that's right across the the uh, walkway from our HQ in China, and they have two massive outdoor uh, billboards. And through 3D gra uh, naked eye 3D graphics, they were able to build a uh, some content on both of them, and it literally looked like this tiger walked out of one, jumped across, and came onto our building. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that. So, so using graphics, to, to, uh, graphic inputs to to make stuff like that happen, where this naked eye 3D aspect of it, any of our video walls can do it. It's all built in the graphics going into the processor in order to do that naked eye, without needing any glasses or anything. 3D, 3D uh, content. It's crazy what you can do with with uh, the right graphics companies. And and the content creators are you know just excited about the possibilities because i i've got you know one of the slides in my um my presentation shows a lobby to where it just looks like a normal lobby and then all of a sudden you realize that the top half of the wall is actually a a, a display and a care you know a, a animation starts happening above you and it it's something that mm. you know people walk in and they're like okay yeah this is just a paneled wall and then things start happening and takes your mind a second to realize how where's that coming from how's that happening exactly, you know and most people yeah. probably don't know and I, that it's a display i saw that concept maybe it's the same one we're talking about is that the the lobby of the cosmo in vegas it's all paneled walls it looks very chic it's got this nice decor but then slowly there's this feather moving across or a gear rolling by and there's no one pushing a feather or a gear or rolling around. No, it's just the whole inside. Even the columns are wrapped in a display and there's no, there's no sheen to it. It's got that matte finish and it's low lighting. So it all looks very integrated to the architecture, which uh, really threw me off at first, but I was just fascinated. So we sat at the bar in the lobby and I just watched it cycle through and they had animations for, about an hour and a half of content until it started looping, which is an incredible long time for a right. video loop, right? But nowadays with well, the storage technology we have and the uh, speeds of reading and writing and in, in, uh, in discs, we have the ability to do even longer animations like that. Well, and most people aren't going to sit there and watch it for an hour and a half. Right, right? but we're so, not most people, so, so we could sit down and see that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it it makes the whole thing an experience. Exactly. Yeah, and and it's unique. And you know, exactly. And, and, and someday we'll we'll get to that uh, Star Trek Hollow Suite where you can walk in and you know be taken to Sherwood Forest or or wherever. And absolutely. Uh, but yeah, and 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 it really is. It's in the it's up to the designer 
the client to have the idea and and to want to pursue that idea, but then the designer to to embrace it and, and then work together with all the partners, the the technology partners, the content partners, and, and get them all in that conversation. Um, because I've worked on projects where they have smells that are released. Mm. You know, yeah. they have, they have uh, trademark smells that they put into this space um, for this particular brand. And, you know, that has to be, chore- um, you know, worked out to where, where do we put those, you know, cause it can't be too strong, but then you have all the video walls and all the video tables and everything. And it is a lot of planning very early on in the f- stages of the project to make sure that it's pulled off at a high level. That is that meets the expectations. Yeah, at that point you're getting right into um, basically a theatrical production because you have the video, which is the the presentation with the smell technology choreographed in, and you have um, this walking sequence. It's it's like theme park design too. Does that. Um, and that's just an extra level of detail that the designer has to keep in mind and either hire out consultants that specialize in that or take a stab at the take a stab at it themselves but start thinking about it in the very beginning that's i think that's yeah that's the key we come back to the beginning it's it's thinking about it in the beginning and then reaching out to it may just be a check in with somebody about hey we're thinking about this is it possible? Okay, we'll call you back when we get more information. But but those are the conversations that I think more and more as we get the designers and the general contractors and everybody kind of talking together in those early stages, it just really takes a lot of these pitfalls off the table and, and makes our projects go better and our, our results are a lot more fun um, and, and enjoyable for everybody involved. Uh, I think that's a good place to, to pause it. We could talk about this as we have for many times long, long into uh, the night. But Diego, if someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me would be through either email or LinkedIn. Uh, my email is Diego, D-I-E-G-O, at AdaptiveArchitectsInc.com. Now, on LinkedIn, you can find me as Diego O'Farrell. There are three or four other Diego Farrells in the world. I'm the one in the Phoenix area. So find me that way. Perfect. We'll have to one of these times get together and talk more about the 3D printing aspect of uh, oh, yeah. of uh, manufacturing because that's something else that is really making some changes and uh, tough to get your mind wrapped around the possibilities sometimes of what they're doing with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something that I've uh, I've been fascinated with, done on the side for the longest time, and now I'm starting to implement that into the design process, and it's been it's been really fun, to say the least. You're not replacing foam board, are you? Oh, no. <laughs> Got to keep those foam board uh, models being built. Uh, Ken Summers, where's uh, how do people reach out to you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is email or or phone call. Um, my phone call is my phone is one of the eight hundred numbers that I go to the absence support. Um, email address is also ken.summers at usabsent.com. If you have any sales needs that you want to reach out to me for, um, I can always get you in touch with the correct salespeople for for designing stuff, getting stuff quoted out. Um, I'm more on the after sales side, but 
also the one that goes into into the field, builds the walls with with our engineers. So um, usually it's someone from my team that's coming to site, talking to you guys, um, making making everything work once it once it gets sold. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Uh, for more episodes of Architect or other podcasts, go to avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. And uh, for any more information about me, I am on LinkedIn. I am on uh, uh, all the socials, or you can email me at brianh at cti.com. Thank you again, and we will see you next time. That's it for Architect. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.